0: Well, in Taoism, they would say these things. That, that one of the great teachers of Taoism was a man who he used to work in the uh, supposedly he worked in the uh, like the bureaucracy of the times. And his name was Lao Tzu, when he was leaving China, going to the wilderness, leaving you know the uh, city. And when he was going through the Chinese wall, the Great Wall of China, to just go out, never to be seen from again, actually. A gatekeeper asked him, can you give us your teachings? Can you give me your teachings before you go? So that night when he was hanging out, he wrote down the thing that's been translated only second only to the Bible around the world called the Tao Te Ching. And in that, he says these very arcane statements But he would say, the wood that has no purpose gets to last, yeah? The wood that seems like it has no function is the most beautiful piece. The ordinariness is what's truly last in life, yeah? The unsuspected jewel is the jewel that gets unbought, yeah? All this stuff. And it was a beautiful way of putting it. And he'd always use, like, water and the way water moves. Because as you see, water, which doesn't seem to have any solidity, will wear a rock away. Yeah? The water, because the water is a verb moving upon the the seeming strength of a noun. And the verb will always win. Yeah. So in this point in AA we talk about the averages, to be an average Joe among workers, you know, to be a worker among workers is sort of like that hidden jewel in a way. It's in the ordinariness of life where the real value is and the beauty of this message to me is that instead of living life as a noun you know thinking you are tom or paul and then having our life interpreted from that point of view that you it's happening to you or you're happening to it yes i'm the life is happening to me or for me or as me or by me or you will see life is just happening Instead of constantly being concerned about the cloud formations, you'll have a feeling of the sky, Instead of worrying about, did I do enough today? Did I get enough today? Do I have enough today? Did I get enough people to look at me today? Do I look great? Did everyone pay attention to me? This and that, yeah? You'll get a sense of the context of just being alive, Being alive is really an incredible state. The oneness of consciousness and the verb of consciousness being conscious of is an unbelievable movement. There's consciousness and now you can sense it as it's conscious of things through you, not through you as the, you know, through the body. Yeah? That is the, that is the mouth river of life. That's the mouth of the river of life. Conscious contact. Yeah? So we were talking on the way here. What I'm saying, which I found to be really helpful, is when you can look at self, not as a noun, but as a verb. Yeah. So, when you see selfing going on, oh, I'm thinking about next week, I'm obsessing over my child, I'm obsessing over this. The real effect of that verb is because it's happening to a noun, or a noun is doing it. We don't see that, Let's say we recognize oh I'm obsessively thinking about tomorrow but we don't see the verb of I'm the one that's thinking about tomorrow. We take that verb which is selfing I'm the one that's thinking about tomorrow and then you have the comment I'm obsessing over the tomorrow and maybe you've heard some spiritual principles and you think you shouldn't be obsessing over tomorrow that that's not a good indication of your condition and you better do something because someone who's in a good condition shouldn't be obsessing over tomorrow. That's selfing glow, Yeah? Selfing yeah, quote, is seen by another verb, the preliminary selfing. This preliminary selfing makes up a feeling of being a noun. Yeah? So here's this selfing. So the beginning of this river of selfing is I'm a self. Yeah? This gets unnoticed because this goes like this and then. All these other tributaries of selfing, which is being obsessed about what you don't have, or you're bad, or you know you'll never be good, and because of this, that's so. Yeah. Now, this, all this selfing, is actually not seen because you believe you're the one that's doing it. Yeah. So you're in total self pity. But who's in self pity? Self pity is a verb, right? When you're pitying yourself, isn't it an activity? You're feeling and your mind's going, Oh, you know, nothing's ever gonna work out. I'm so everyone's out, doesn't know, no one understands me. If only would have been different, this would have happened. Yeah, you see that, don't you? The mind's verbing, yes, the mind is verbing. You see that, but you see that as another verb. Yeah, the verb of selfing. Yeah, this is a tributary of selfing. All the things you self-about. But the the original verb is the verb of I myself. Yes? You don't notice that often. And it's just like you notice when your mind's obsessing over something. You're not noticing the mind thinking it's a verb, a noun. You don't see that usually. Because if you did, you'd have freedom from it. Literally. Because the reason why you don't have freedom from it is you think it's you. Once you can see it as a verb, you have the possibility to be free of it because it has a direct hit that I'm not that. Because it's being done. The mind is doing it. Yeah? If you are so, you don't need to be done every day, do you? Maybe you do on a certain levels. Yeah? If you are a solid, real, this, why does it have to be done every day? You don't see that it's being done every day. You think you're doing, But it's actually being done. Mind is doing. This sense of you being doing. You doing. Yeah. So here you go. Here's the selfie. You recognize some of it. Hey, I'm really in fear and anxiety. You don't understand that feeling that, yeah, I'm really in fear and anxiety is also a verb. You think it's a noun because this verb has been attached to this appearance. This appearance seems pretty solid every day, right? You wake up and you recognize it's your face, usually in the mirror, and you go, Oh, Mitch, or oh, hopefully not Al, you go, Oh, Mitch. If it's Al, it's going to be a bad day, I know that. Oh, Mitch. Oh, Paul. And so it's, there's an assumption. The verbing, right, combines with this perception, and the noun occurs. Now the verb isn't a verb, it's a noun. Now a verb which doesn't, you know, you don't always run every second of every day, do you? You're not running constantly. Yeah? Are you? Not rare. No. Usually there's a stop, you have to, or you, you know, be burnt out.
1: Yeah.
0: But, see, selfing doesn't go constantly, but the sense of being a self does. You see? The selfing would become exhausting. Selfing actually does become exhausting, but not when it had made up you. Because now it can rest because its job is done. It's made up the idea of now, and now it's just selfing. And never, never, never are you questioning that. All you're doing is questioning all the things you think it's doing. Yeah? You're very busy looking at that, Oh, Jesus, I should stop this, I should start doing more of this. But you're never questioning this. This is not you. It's a verb. Yes? Can you explain that now? This would make you. Being identified with this would make you a noun. Yeah? When running occurs, don't you think it's you running? When you're, let's say, running occurs. Like you're gonna go on us on the road, on the sidewalk and you're gonna run, don't you think it's you running? That's the noun. Running occurs, but you think it's you running. You. This is the noun Mitch running. This is the noun Mitch flipping out. This is the noun Mitch worrying about money. This is the noun Mitch feeling self pity. This is the noun Mitch thinking he shouldn't feel self pity. Yeah. You're always thinking this is the noun and then there's all these other verbs going on. This is a verb. Right verb it's an action. Exactly. This is an action. It's a mental action. The mental process is verbing a sense of being a noun. The mental process in your head, yeah, sees this object, body, uses this to fortify its little plan, let's say, and it's going to present this life of being as there's a being called Mitch that life's happening to or Mitch is doing things. Yeah. So, this that's why I call it selfing. It's a mental process that's occurring and it makes up a sense of being a self. So, it's a verb it's a verb, it's a verb, but you Become identified as it, as see you as consciousness become unconscious to its own nature and takes on this nature that the mental process has developed, which is Mitch as a body. So now Mitch becomes what's living. So I'm seeing, I'm feeling, I'm running, I'm doing, I'm in self-pity, I'm doing that. You don't see that the idea of being in self-pity is a verb. There's no you that's in self-pity. If you don't see the you as a verb, then you'll be dealing with self-pity as a you. Yeah? That's selfing. That's the bondage to self. The bondage to the self is claiming every mental process as have you having it. The, the bondage to self is claiming every mental process as you having the mental process. The you having the mental process is a verb from the mental process. It's not true. That's why there's relief. (coughs) Yeah? If it's a noun, then the best you can do is work on your self-pity, because it's gonna be your self-pity, your feeling of inadequacy, because it's gonna be your, as a noun, inadequacy, on all all your guilt and shame for what you did or didn't do, and you're gonna be busy working on all those things, To get what? Relief for you. Yes? From that. But you have to see the biggest from that is you. What you really want to get relief from is not all from that, but from the original from that, which is you. And you is not a noun, it's a verb. Your mind is presenting this life as Mitch. Mitch is having the life. Yeah. Mitch is the noun, and now Mitch has a life. That's how it's presenting it. And this Mitch being the center of the universe is too much for Mitch. It's way too much attention for a mental process to handle. Way too much consciousness to be conscious of. Yeah? To be conscious of you as a you all day drives you crazy. Doesn't it? You want relief from it. You'll watch porno, drink, you'll eat a lot of cookies, something, just to get what? You're not getting relief from your conditions, there's nothing happening a lot of times. When you're eating a pint of Agondas, there's nothing really happening. You're in your little secure, you know, gated community, and you got your 800 channels, or your Netflix and everything, and you're sitting there gobbling down like two pints. I mean, there's obviously, you're reacting to something that's actually not there. So what I'm saying is, all of those what's not happenings are not there. The original not there is you. You're the original not there that seems to be there. And that it seeming to be there is driving you crazy here. Is this? I'm saying, for years people have been trying to get relief for it as a noun. I'm saying, let's get relief from it by seeing it as a verb. Obviously, getting relief for it hasn't worked, has it? We're still looking to get relief for it. Can you use another
1: terminology to that man in birth?
0: All right. All right. All right, here you go. When you look at a sky, yeah? When you describe a sky to me, what are you actually describing to me? That's good because usually most people would describe the clouds in it, but the sky is right? exactly the sky is like a huge space, yeah. And so let's have you ever heard of a plane running into any sky up there? No. But have you ever see, heard of a sky getting ripped open by a Fourth of July fireworks? What do you mean here to so? go? Cut. No. Exactly. Does, do you see anything? Do you see birds in the sky?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Do they come and go, yeah. or do they always stay in one position, no. or do they move and they freely? Yes. Yeah. So that space is what we are. Yeah. We're like a sky. We're like the context. The sky allows a lot of different cloud formations to appear. Yeah. Sometimes rain clouds. Sometimes cumulus. Sometimes really nice looking incredible, incredible patterns of clouds. Yeah? It lets all these planes fly in it. Birds are flying in it. Birds are never running into any sky. Yes? That sky is like the context. There's no, there is, I don't want to use the word noun again, but there's no thing to find in it, is there? You can see a lot of things, but the sky is not a thing. So let's put it, that's what we are. We're the consciousness, Yeah, and the consciousness is like a sky. And then all these things appear in it. Yeah. just like birds and clouds and planes well all these chairs and bodies and everything like that are appearing in the sky so Jesus would say in a way with this paraphrasing it so we're seemingly in the clouds but we're not of the clouds we're of the sky yeah? we're seemingly in a body but we're not of the body so we're seemingly in Mitch or what we call Mitch but we're not of that yeah, So that would be more like the verb and the, cl- and the noun, in a way. So the sky is the context. Well, let's say a fish. The fish is in water, but I guarantee you the fish doesn't know it's wet. It has no experience of being wet. It's only when you take it out of the water, then it will experience being wet by its absence. It's going to be flipping like crazy to get back in it. Yeah? But when it's totally in it, it never knows it. The mind doesn't recognize what's always so. It's not conditioned to do that way. We call, we're in a, we have a conditioned mind. Yes, it's built a certain way. I can explain in a sense. It's built on a, the movement of what it's built on is called duality. Yeah, but it's built a certain way, so it can't perceive or get a sense of what's always so. It needs an absence of it to recognize its presence. So something hasn't, can't be there, so then when it appears, I go, wow, there it is. But if it was always there, I wouldn't be going, there it is. Yeah? I have to, it has to be absent for me to get the experience, there it is. That's what's occurring with us. Something that's always so, we're trying to have an experience of, as Mitch. But it's always so, so you can't have an experience of it. Because an experience stops and starts, so you, you want to be the primary thing, and so you want what's always so to be only so to you every once in a while as an experience. Or you'd like to have it all the time, but as an experience that you as Mitch is having. You cannot meet this that way, because it's always so. What happens to you, for me, is when you recognize it's always so, it tells you you're not, (laughs) as Mitch. (laughs) Its presence informs me of my absence. (laughs) What am I absent of? Being a noun. Being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Being a thing. Being established, and I'm always so, and things happen to me and change my feelings, but basically I'm always this way. Yes? And, and I'm having a lot of experiences. No, that's not really the case. The case is, this is, this feeling of being this, and actually the perception of being this, is being produced by the mind. The mind is producing a sense of being a self. Yeah? It produces it. So here, let's say this is the mind, yeah, let's just say here, in this mind, it produces a product. It produce, It's a verb, it's actually selfing but the product the verb of selfing produces is the sense of being a noun called Mitch. Yeah? So there's just living, there's no one living. There's just the verb of living. There's no me, Paul, living that I could be not living or living or better or worse. Basically all there is is living. So the mental process makes up there's this verb called selfing. You know, it's an activity, an activity selfing, and there's a sense that it makes up a, a noun that's now having the activity. It's now doing this activity. I'm thinking about me. No, you are not thinking about you. Now, you are not thinking about you. It's the mind thinking, yes. And one of the thoughts is, "I'm thinking about me." So, when the mind has the thought, I'm thinking about me, it's just another thought, but that thought claims all the other thoughts. That's the sense of being a noun, yeah? So all those thoughts are thinking, 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 and there's this one set of thinking that makes, which is a think, it's an activity that makes a sense of being a noun, Paul. Now Paul, which is a thought, now believes I'm thinking. Paul, which is a thought, believes I'm seeing. Paul, which is a thought, it's called selfing. The sense of Paul is produced by the mind. Yeah? Now, it's the one that thinks it's hearing. Yeah? So the 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 quality of this thought is that it claims other thoughts. It claims other activities. It claims what's seen? Either to be me or to me to have. Yeah. Yeah? So it's the claiming. The i thinking about me becomes all the other thoughts. Exactly. And the thought that you're the one that's thinking about it, all that stuff is a thought, yes. We're not seeing that. See, we're not seeing that everything is an activity. We believe I'm solid and I'm doing activities. Yeah? We don't see that this... That feeling of I'm solid and doing activities is also an activity. When you give up the sense that I'm doing some activity and you see that is just another activity, there is a freedom involved in it. To me, I call it traveling light. That's what occurs. That's its byproduct. When you entertain, you're not this solid, long-lasting, independent entity. That's the doer and haver, or the one that everything's being done to there's a freedom from that particular point of view called self-centeredness, yeah? Because you've now questioned the center of that system of self-centeredness. Don't you believe self-centeredness is driving you crazy? You'd like to get out of yourself. You'd like to stop thinking about yourself. That's why you do service and stuff like that. You want some freaking vacation from selfing? It's unbelievable. yak and every all day. No matter what happens, it always seems to be brought to how it pertains to you, doesn't it? It's unbelievable. Someone will say something that you have absolutely nothing to do with, or even when you're having a conversation, someone's talking about their mother. Immediately you start talking about your mother. No, I'm talking about my mother. I know my mother's like, no, no. Let me listen to me talk about my mother. Immediately I gotta start talking about my mother. It's like it constantly gets sucked in, and everything you see is how it pertains to me. You're not that me. It's pertaining to. That's the freedom. There's no freedom in wrestling with all the pertainings. You'd be busy all freaking day because everything is getting, you're like living in a funnel. Everything is getting brought back to you. Do you want to deal with every one of those little things that are getting sucked into the the vacuum or look at the vacuum? I just want to keep attempting to establish it because language is a trance The way we speak, we're always speaking like I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. You see how it re- the mental process reinforces what it's made up by language all freaking day. We're stuck in this mental process. <laughs> so we speak, yeah? So, sorry to continue, but I want to just point it out.
1: They're in a different mode
0: of self-centeredness, but they're still suffering from self-centeredness, or they're suffering as self-centeredness, not from it, yeah? They are. They just have different degrees of suffering. Just like here, rich people suffer, rich people suffering. Poor people suffer, poor people suffer. people suffer. Rich people, you know it's really not based on the circumstances, the level of suffering. It's based on the meaning you give things. People are suffering what you would think would be a great boon. They're suffering from it. Their mind, mind, whatever it comes in contact with, will use to do what it wants with. It's really not about, there's no great standard size of circumstances that you take. okay, everyone who had these circumstances would suffer the exact same way. They don't. It's a subjective experience here. This apparatus is giving tons of meanings to tons of things. People could suffer literally about nothing. Most of the time they are. They're suffering from what's not happening, which is actually nothing. Really, you are miracle workers. We are miracle workers. We can take nothing out of nothing and make it something. Most people are totally flipping out now based on what's not happening. That's an incredible miracle. We're thinking we have no power that's a great demonstration of power that you can Friday that hasn't even happened yet and you can bring it back to life it hasn't even had life yet it hasn't, you're not next Friday you can bring next Friday to this Sunday and scrap all over the Sunday with next Friday it's mind-boggling, isn't it? seriously, isn't Sunday enough? Is the only, I mean, Jesus Sunday's presenting a day of time and consequences and situations isn't that enough? No, no, let's, let's bring in next Friday. Okay, what could happen next Friday? I'm going to be fired. Okay, bring that in here. Okay, what about, yeah, my girlfriend's running away. I'm away, and she's running away with some guy. No, I tried to call last night. She didn't answer. Oh, let's bring that in here. Let's really stuff next Sunday with next Friday. That's playing God, Hey, eh? That's what the mind does. Isn't it enough just to be aware now and awake? No, obviously not. We have to be careless. we have to be concerned about what's not happening because we're not concerned about what's happening. If we were concerned about what's happening, we'd have immunity to what's not happening. I don't dwell in what's not happening because I'm present here in what's happening. There's no Paul that's virtuous and and wise. It's just obvious. What's happening is, only, is the only thing that's happening. <laughs> I mean, it's the immunity to what's not happening. You, when you get slapped by the <laughs> present moment enough. You come to your freaking senses. Okay. So when you recognize when your selfing goes into selfing about what's not happening. You can't feel it, taste it, smell it, touch it. Give me a break. It's a purely a mental experience. You don't see we're addicted and devoted to mind. We'll say no to this experience of senses. And say yes to the mental experience about what could possibly happen to me next week. It's not usually, and if it's about someone else, it's in relation to you, (laughs) you know what I mean? Let me worry about my kid, based on you. What are they thinking of me? While they're out there going crazy. What does that mean? What does that make me a bad parent? It's, It's insane. But it seems normal, doesn't it? Why does it seem normal? Because a verb has been mistaken. I hate to use it, but I like that. The verb has been mistaken as a noun. The first knot, yeah. The first knot is another way of, of, there's all these ways of attempting to trigger some recognition by mind to recognize its own nature, which is conscious of. You are a verb. That's what we're attempting to trigger, right? So the first knot, for me, I remember, mostly life was about dealing with knots, yeah? Like not having money, or relationships not working out, or whatever, my physical health, so there I was, and so I'd get books and I'd go to teachers and then I'd go you know, to healers, or whatever, and try to work on that, Not, let's say, relationships. So I read a book about how to have a great relationship, you know, and... This and that, and I say, I see there's seminars, so I go to the seminars, and I hear it, and I'm really enthused, yeah, I've got really excited, and I'm practicing it, and my relationships seem to get better, so they're not loosened, so I tell everyone about the books, and you got to go to this guy's seminar, but after about a month, they tighten up again, Yes, yeah? and my problem with money didn't get affected, and my problem with my health didn't get affected at all, by loosening and tightening this not, yeah. So then I go, okay, well let's work on this one, and I work on this one, I try to get a little relief about money. And maybe it seems like I get a little relief, but then circumstances tie it up again. What I found is, I went down the row of knots, not literally, obviously, went down the row of knots, and I came to one knot, which I would say is the first knot for me. And that was the knot of being identified as self. Because when I looked at that, and I told the truth. And you know when a knot unwinds? When you see a knot, which is a noun as a verb. A knot is a noun, yeah? It's a knot, yes? All the strings aren't stringy. They're all knotted up. Yeah? That's a knot. That's a noun. When I told the truth about it, all it is is a bunch of strings. Phew! The knot disappeared. I found that in that knot, Because all it is is a string, there was one string that went through all the other knots of my life. And I knew it because when this knot got loosened, I got effects in every aspect of my life. Every aspect of my life changed, either dramatically or significantly. Every aspect of it. Maybe not, I may not have gotten money, but I definitely lived in the, I have no fear of financial insecurity. I mean, there's not. yeah. All of this happens. All of this happens. So when you, know, when the fruit appear, hopefully, if you're two levels above a coconut, yeah, you will at least put two and two together. Oh Jesus! I entertain this and that happened. Well, I mean, you don't need someone to explain it to you. You see it. It's working. Okay. So then, what I did is, if I view the knot as a verb, which it is, then it doesn't do what? Become a knot. It wasn't the strings. It was the formulation of the strings. As a knot, I was taking a verb to be a noun, and I was never questioning it. It was Paul, and Paul had all the other knots. Paul had the money, and the security, and the relationships, and the health. Paul! And this this fisting was fisting everything else. Yes? This contraction was expressing itself in other contractions concerning money and relationships and health, yes? The original contraction which is self. Self is a contraction. Yeah? Self is a contraction. The verb of selfing is contracted into a knot called a self. When you see that it's not so, then it goes back to a verb again and you feel it as traveling lighter. But the whole thing, a great teacher, that was his whole premise. I like the way he presented it. Selfing is contraction. The original contraction. You get defensive, withholding, pulled in, yes? Afraid of relating to others, because when you become a knot, then the other birds become knots. So you see, you see what so as other. You have trouble relating with them. Contraction meaning contraction.
1: Yeah,
0: All this is, is telling the truth about the first knot. It's not a knot. Shoot! Yes? It's verbing, but verbing put together a certain way becomes a knot. Yeah, You can recognize a knot, right? When you look at the string, there's a big knot in there. Wow, look at that knot. But the rest, if you stop every second where it's just stringing and go, look at that string. No? What catches your eye is the knot. The string... You you just call the whole thing the string, that's what it's like. Life is like that whole thing of verbing. Yes? But when there's a knot, your mind gets caught into that knot, doesn't it? Your mind gets caught into that knot. Your attention goes to that knot. And it becomes different than the rest of the string. The string isn't seen as string anymore, it's seen as a freaking knot. That's exactly what happens. We're seeing a string of verbing and we're seeing it as a knot. And we're calling ourselves that knot. And we don't recognize that we're stringing. So we think is happening to us. I don't like how it's happening to me. But you could only have that opinion as a knot. Because where would you be different if you were just a piece of the string? You wouldn't be able to recognize yourself. All you would see is yourself as stringing, wouldn't you? It's only when a knot is formulated that you can go, oh, I am special, I'm this. I am this, and things don't... Unstring-like things can happen to me, because I'm a knot. (laughs) Loosen up, what are you? A string. You're a verb, I hate to say it, but you're moving, you're living, you're being. That's what being means to me, B-E-I-N-G. It's not a being, it's being. Being implies what? A verb, doesn't it? It's an activity. Life is being here. How is life being? To me, it's being conscious of itself as others. It's being conscious of consciousness. Like we were spe- speaking of here. Here's the space, yeah? Like, let's say here's the sky. So we put this in here. Now, has this, has some space been moved out? Okay, let's put the space, this is sinking, let's put it in the closet. That's space. We can have some or you could put no chairs in here. Yeah, It's very accommodating. So space is our true nature. Our mind is conditioned to see name and form. So when I see that space, it takes the form of a chair, and I name it that, Yeah, which I learned. I learned to call that a chair. If I was from another country, from the jungle in Africa, when I looked at that, I would not know what the fuck it was. I'd be looking at it like, can I climb up and get a banana with that? Or something. I could take that thing off and use it as a blow dart thing. But, you know, you'd be looking at it differently. What we're doing as an apparatus is we're giving name and form to space. All there is is space. All there is is sky. And we're giving name to form to pieces of sky, not pieces, but sky, and calling them clouds. Calling them we're calling them Jeff, we're calling them this, and we're causing ourselves not to recognize the wholeness of the space, and we can recognize only the particulars of space called name and form. It's created a sort of ignorance to what we are, and we're suffering the conditions based on that ignorance. We've forgotten our nature and we've taken ourselves to be name and form and we're suffering the consequences of it. Name and form can have a huge story. Have you ever read, read a story about space? No, but they can write a book about a chair. But they don't write many books about space. I mean space. It's like, nothing's happening. <laughs> All right? That's how many pages can you write about that? But a chair, this chair could be sat on by you know Einstein or, wow, or, you know what I mean? I broke my neck falling off that chair and write a whole story about it. This is what the mind loves. It can make up stories out of name and form. But the whole medium of all stories is space, and obviously use the story. So where must you come from, space? What must you be appearing in, space? What must you be made of, space? Yeah. What does that bring you as a form, a relaxation? Because it's it's hard to be a name and form. When you're space, it seems to be. Space likes to be space, you know? Not accommodating, really. When you close your eyes, do you see yourself? Do you think you're behind your cheekbone, you know? Really. I stop here, this is Paul, and then there's whatever, this thing we call space, and there's Mitch over there. Come on, give me a It would like, if you took me and moved me over here, I'm that space, <laughs> and this space also. You know? Here. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm appearing as space in this form, but I'm space. Come on. <laughs> oh, I stopped right here. That's what used to blow me out when they say the kingdom of heaven is within you and I'd look at my body and I'd go, Jesus, they don't even have any parking in my kingdom of heaven. You know I mean? Because I was taking the you as being the body. The you is the space you are. Yeah, the king of heaven is within you. Everything is within this space. Because it's totally accommodating. How can you ever move out of space? <laughs> <laughs> Wherever you are, there seems to be space, isn't it <laughs> What can we get to the end of space? Sorry, right here. Okay. Space here, no space here. Oh man, you pretty good. I'm really special here. But Fish got in, what happened? When we get over here? There's no space over here. No, no. We're running around. <laughs> we're like in a vast ocean thinking we're dry. It's mind-boggling. Our attention goes on all the clamshells and the, and the seaweed that appears and the other fish but we miss the space that we're in, that we're of. And then you wonder why you suffer. maybe you won't suffer so much like if a bird maybe got its wings clipped right when it was born then maybe it would never know it could fly. Maybe that would make it seem to be more bearable not to fulfill the nature. But to take a bird that can fly and maybe put it in a small cage, I would imagine that bird would feel like less birding because its whole nature is to fly. I would say our whole nature is to be expansive. Her whole nature is to be seeing, not seeing from such a small little tripod and thinking this is, this is the only view and wanting to be right about it. I would see, you know. We're the scene. We're all of the space. Where can you have a particular view, point of view in space? You have to take a, a form to do so. And doesn't that form cause you want, wanting to be right? For you to be right, don't you have to make others wrong? And how enjoyable is that? You, know, you get to be special, but then you get to be alone, even if you're with someone. Because you're special, you can't see the commonality between each other. They're just there to reflect your specialness. And when they run out of that purpose, you'll get rid of them and move to another one who will reflect your specialness. It's the vanity of even form. doesn't want to be nothing. It wants to be something special. And it will suffer quite a lot with the hopes that that will happen. It really will. Obviously. Hasn't it? So I'm saying in recovery there has been this hasn't been entertained much in my view. We've We've entertained a lot of things and even gotten to that Obsession with self is the root of the problem, but obsession with self is still giving the self the title of a noun. And I haven't seen it's worked with a lot of practitioners of AA, nor in my own life when I looked at it from that point of view. When I something occurred and I was invited to look this way, and I saw to entertain it, and it's not something you have to do. It's just while you're doing, seemingly doing, it's available because there's seeing going on. And then things were revealed, you know. That first knot was seen to be just a string balled up. Yeah? And then what occurred was a freedom ensued from that unwinding of the knot. And it's has been pretty good, yeah, for, for you know, the travel for a lot of years now. In a lot of different circumstances and situations, so it's like an all-terrain vehicle for me. The message is, hold, holds water pretty well, and it's something that you can truly rely on. Yeah, because it's like that space. It's always so, no matter what you fill it in, or no matter how much you don't see it, it's still there. Yeah, So it's always available at all times, with no requirement necessary to meet it. And that's a great assurance, yeah? Because I found the last frontier of revelation for me was the playing God of the self. And the extent of it blew my doors off. And that still continues to blow my doors off. The extent of the mind-selfing playing God is unbelievable because it's actually telling you if you're close or far from your own nature. It's made your own nature, a name and form out here, called the truth, or the authentic self, or whatever. And then it's going to judge you, and, and tell you how you're doing, and inform you what to do, and when to do it, in your approach to that. And to me, that's playing God. <laughs> the God-likeness of what's so is forgotten by trying to know God, and trying to find God, and trying to get God as this God yeah? that playing God is the absolute denial of Godness in you. and it's so masked so beautifully because you can be reading all these incredibly beautiful books and sitting with all these people but all the while maybe unbeknownst to you your head is playing God of the wazoo even by making someone else a God it's playing God Anointing someone else is someone who has it and then someone who doesn't have it is playing God. Someone I should spend time with. No, not them. They know, no, they haven't been into India or whatever, some fucking, or they haven't captured a monk from, you know. It's the monk, the monk will do it for me. He's happy and doesn't have a shower. He's godlike, but I'm not godlike. So I gotta get him so I can become more godlike. Who's that? That's the self plain God, literally. It doesn't matter, it's maybe a nice thing to bring a monk. It's not, don't bring a monk or bring a monk. It really isn't. That has really no consequence. It has consequences here, but no consequence. And who is it that thinks it's bringing the monk? And who is it that thinks it's gonna get something? Is it you? Because you will be fed by the presence of a monk, what you really are. Or is it what you're not, that's trying to get an advantage? By getting the monk. Get a monk or don't get a monk. I don't have no opinion. But watch what thinks. See the thinking and see what part of it becomes the thinker or the haver of the monk or the getter of the monk or wants to get better or wants to realize God this and that. That's playing God. That's the activity of playing God. And in our book it says the how and why of it. We read it the other day. It's like one of the most important turning points in our program. When the word how and why is used, that's a pretty extensive statement. The how and why of it. What does it mean? The program. The how and why of the program. The how and why. How? How does it really happen? And why? Does it happen? Because why? How it happens is you stop playing God. Why Why does it happen, the program? Because you stop playing God. Why? So that God can appear to be God. Because it can't appear to be God when you're playing God. It can only appear to be a God of your own making, which is selfing. If you have a God of your own understanding and you're identified as self, that God is going to be weak. It's going to have a lot of defects of character. It's not going to be on call 24-7. Because it's going to take the qualities that you have. <laughs> really. It's going to be a weaker God because your self has made it. The self thing has made the God of your own understanding. It's going to take... I want to know a God of its own understanding. I want to... I... I not I, obviously. But you kind of use the language. There's a wanting to surrender to that God and be defined by it instead of me defining it. Yeah? I want to be defined by that higher power. I don't want to define it. Because if I define it, I'm going to shortchange it. Just like we did in AA when you come in. I don't know if you did it here. They would say, write down all the things you want in your first year. And then a year later, look at it. And you'll see you shortchange yourself, unbelievably. The program brought you so much more than you could have imagined. That's what happens. You apply your framing to a power that you're asking in to relieve you of the bondage of self. How can it do its job if you're framing it by self? If the selfing is framing how the power that's supposed to help you, relieve you from the bondage of self, if it's framing its ability to help, of course it's going to fail you. And then you'll say, oh, God's failing me. It's not failing you. You defined it to fail you. Your definition of it causes it to be a failure to you. And when it's failing you, what, what are you really relying on? Self. Well, if my God fails me, hey, that's it. Constant reliance on self now. There's, there's nothing else. God has even disappointed me. Forget that. I'm going to rely on my God up here.
1: Yeah? Is it always the mind, always about
0: being special? Is that the bottom line? Relevant or special, yes. That's a strong drive relevant i like even better because it see it doesn't have an existence so it has to be made up yeah you are not a, a self you don't have an inherent self existence it's made up the mind is making up a feeling of being john and then that feeling is comprised truly by old ideas and beliefs and conditionings that you picked up since you were a kid and it's comprised like a composite drawing of you and every time there's a claiming of what's happening here, that it's happening to you, that you is like a pro- tons of files in your computer. As soon as it's you that things are happening to, it downloads some of these files. So there's a file in there that Mitch is a loser, let's say. So situations happen, the mind itself right goes like this, oh that reminds me of bing 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 bing, Mitch is a loser. So now Mitch starts feeling uncomfortable. He doesn't know why he's feeling uncomfortable in a situation. Because that situation is inferring to his selfie that Mitch is a loser. Hey, these people, they're inferring that I'm a loser. Da, da, da. It's all, they may or may not be, but usually they're not. The mind's making it up. Yeah? Yeah? So the thing is, a thought is a thought, but when my is introduced to it. So let's say there's a thought, and I think, I'm the thinker of it it's about me, that me is connected to a lot of files that you're not aware of the content. You're really not. Your head has some strange ideas about you, way strange. Maybe like with me when I was young, my father got ill, right, and my father used to play baseball with me and everything like this. So when I was six years old, he got really ill. So he stopped playing with me like that, and then he never took me to tryouts or anything. My mother had to take me to tryouts and stuff. And so my family sat down with me, and people, and they talked to me, and they said, you know, your father got really ill, that's why he's not playing with you, and this and that. And I heard probably everything they said, but to me, in self-centeredness, because everything has to pertain to me, I believe I must have done something for my father not to want to play with me. No matter what they said, no matter how many thousands of times they said, it's not about you, Paul, it was about me. Why? Because that's what self-centeredness's root is. It's always about you, yeah. So there I was. So my whole this incredible guilt, yeah, and that's caused me to have relationship dilemmas ever since. Was based on me thinking I did something to cause my father, who was all wonderful, right, not to like me. How am I going to let anyone else like me if my father doesn't like me? You see, this is playing God. Playing God. Self-reliance. The verb of self-reliance can be seen as playing God. That's what it does. When you rely on self, you rely on self to do what? Play God. That's what it does, doesn't it? What else do you rely on? You don't rely on anything much. It tells you how the day is. It seems like its job description is to forecast what's gonna happen, what it means, what you're like, what they're like, what this is like. Just sort of sounds like a God-like job description, doesn't it? So you've given it, by relying on it, a job-like job, God-like job, and it's playing God. And now, you're bitching about, it's blind God. But, you're still identified as it. <laughs> You'd like it to stop, you want to stop some of the effects, but you want to be special. And you want to be right. You can't have both. So you're trying to manage and control the, like, the uh, debris that he creates, yeah? <laughs> and to get the specialness, and the, and the being right, and the relevance. Self You cherish it, like in Buddhism, they call it. There's a cherishing of self. So the mind cherishes self because it made it. Yeah, simple. Just like if you see, your, if you're in a park and your kids, your kid was there, and there's 20 kids, where would your attention go to? Your kid most of the time. Yeah. It's not about oh, I. All my attention always goes to kids. Not really. It goes to your kid. It has if you cherish that child. In a sense, biologically, it was made through you. What would you think the mental process would do? It made up this idea. It cherishes it. It likes what it's done. keeps doing it all day. There's a, it's into it. It cherishes it. That's why it's difficult to give up because you love it. I mean, if, I mean, obviously, if we were, again, two levels above a coconut, if something was causing us such a dilemma, we would get rid of it, I would think. Yeah, if we were at least having a sober mind or a sound mind, you would see, hey, enough's enough. This thing is an incredible burden. I'm gonna just drop it and bite it. Yeah? But why is it that that doesn't happen? Because our minds can't entertain being free of it. Because we're identified as it. Yeah? How can you that's why people kill themselves, I'd imagine they can't, they want to get rid of it, but they get getting rid of it means getting rid of them. Because they're identified as it. So when they want to get rid of it to such an extreme that they decide to kill themselves, the way they think they can get rid of it is they have to get rid of them. Why? Because they're identified as it. They can't entertain being free of it. We're putting a new information in there. You can be free of this without killing yourself. (laughs) You know, that sounds like a good promo. You can be free of this without killing yourself. Hey, that's a step up. That was the last thing I could entertain. I gotta kill myself. This thing's driving me crazy. Exactly. It's driving me crazy, but there is a solution. You're not that. Doesn't mean it stops because it's a verb. The mind is gonna do selfish. But the sense of being the noun is the delusion. Yeah? That's the delusion. That can be given up. So now you're doing it. You're entertaining it. Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. I'm sure not all the thoughts that happen to you now are seen as yours. That's a damn fucking quantum leap in travel. Yeah.
1: Sometimes we say, oh, not enough
0: is changing. I'll tell you, one ounce of less of suffering a day, after a while, is a large amount of you know effect. You may, and you will note, your mind will not note much your traveling because <coughs> it's against its agenda. It really won't. It will not recognize what's happening to you. It really won't. That's why it says in the pro, in the program, you know, you'll start having these spiritual changes, but you probably won't recognize Other people will see it before you. Why is that? Because your head has no interest in recognizing it. It sort of goes against its agenda of being you. It has to adapt a new program of a spiritual you, and that's what it does. Yeah? It says, okay. It gets all right all right now I can recognize it because I'm having these experiences you see it has to get it gets thrown into a little turmoil but it has an incredible ability to reboot and to reorganize even on, on the, an incredible earth-shattering spiritual event it will claim it and say I had the experience it does I'm serious it happened with me I had this thing I'll tell you it was an interesting experience I was in uh, Bali it could have been anywhere It could have been Hoboken but I was in Bali this place in Indonesia. And I went to a waterfall with this woman and her kid. And we went there. Just I like waterfalls, they like waterfalls. We got this waterfall, it was really nice, a thin waterfall with a tree at the top. Beautiful and a nice pool swimming. A little cold, but I went under it. And as I went under it, there was something, I felt something. And there was like a yes, Yeah. You know? something like, all right, whatever it is, let's go, whatever. And something happened. I got displaced, Yeah. You know? some I don't know what occurred, but, she saw it, which was nice to have a witness. My whole face, which is formulated by adultness right now, just turned back into a kid. Yeah, just like, all the stress and tension, all the... They dropped, and I just started laughing uncontrollably, and I just... It was just joy bill for like, I don't know, for an hour or so. And I was just sitting under the water, then I moved over here, and I was sitting there, and just laughing, laughing, feeling love, and everything. And everything was incredible, like plants, and things, and suddenly I heard a voice as if it was like behind this rock, like over there, and it sounded distant, and it was talking to me, and it sounded a little familiar, yeah, it started talking to me, and then it started seeming like it started getting more volume, it felt like it was moving closer, and it was talking to me, talking to me, and I'm in this, just this little, whatever, I'm not, this thing's happening, it's talking to me, and talking to me, and talking to me. And then it got to a point where it switched and it was talking as me, yeah. The selfing, was selfing, 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 and then the noun of the noun of self made and got lodged, and then it was self self talking, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so fucking trippy. So it was talking as me, as me, as me, as no, no, to me, to me, to me, to me. Then as me, as me, as me. That's exactly it. When the verb becomes a noun, that's what it's like. So the disease is talking to you, trying to convince you, you have some freedom from it. Even though you feel uncomfortable. you're not drinking. You're not shooting up and you're not going to see a whore or whatever. So it's talking to you, to you, to you. It's trying to convince you, trying to convince you, trying to convince you. Then the parasite convinces you and it starts talking at you. Now you're calling off the dealer right away. You're fucking lying to the wife. Get in the car. got that weird mental excitement? Oh, I'm going to get my prize. You know, I mean? like this, to that, do And you're running around and you're feeling that, that energy and your mind's loving it. Oh, yeah. And the parasite's, parasite is basically you now. Yeah, It's talking to you, to you, to you, to you. Then it switches as soon as you buy it. As you, as you, as you, as you. And then it makes a fucking mess. And then it talks that it stops talking to you and you clean it up. <laughs> or you don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's called being enslaved, yeah? It can't persist constantly all the time, yeah? So you have moments, and lots of moments, when there's a, a certain freedom from it. But you're so open to being taken over because you claim everything as yours, yeah? So all of its thoughts, that it's actually inserting in your head, you believe it's your thoughts. It's fucking crazy. We're attempting to expose it, so maybe by its exposure you can see it, and then you won't be seeing from it. And if you're seeing it, you have a possibility not to be living from it, and therefore you won't have its effects in your life. You have to be living from it to have the severity of its effects. You can see it, yes? So right now you're in a transition period. Sometimes it rough will, it'll get rough, and sometimes it won't. So you need some external guardrails, like G-O-D rails, which is the program. Keep you on the straight and narrow until the clarity gets stronger and stronger. But the way it is now will not continue to be that way. The recovery progresses also. Yeah? It's not going to be as crazy as it was, because it won't. It cannot withstand that. It cannot withstand this light. And it is meeting a power greater than itself. It is. You are in contact with a power greater than yourself, like it or not. AA is like a magnifying glass. You have come under an umbrella of a power greater than yourself. And so if you stay there, you'll get, you have an incredible ally, and then that ally will strengthen you. It's not meant you to, to, to become totally dependent on it. It brings you independence by your dependence on it. Yes? Yeah? It brings you independence. In, a, in this parasite, dependence on the parasite is brought, brings you into slavery. But dependence on this, power greater than itself, brings you independence. Yeah? You are independent. You become, you are free when you depend on that. You, when you depend on self, you are definitely not free. You are just, you're on call as soon as it wants to go fuck up something. Oh, thoughts, oh, you immediately, you know? You never even think. You immediately put on its uniform and rush out and fight its battles and get into its little, Jesus Christ we're saying here there's a court of light for every one of us a court of light a court of light all the convictions all the guilt all the shame that self and its little appellate courts have convicted you of Yes, yeah? you would cannot 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 appeal them in that court you'll just be in that system forever and ever but if you surrender and bring it up to a court of light it will be annulled and voided there is no one to be convicted. There is no one to be guilty. You are absolved. Literally, you are the one that's pinning yourself with guilt and shame. Your mind is. No life, no God, no space is doing that. Your mental process is doing that. There's a freedom. that's offered, it's available, and you are the source of it, as it's living right now. Any questions? A lovely souffle just like baked
1: in
0: the <laughs> You know, it's a lovely taste in the energy of the room. It's nice right now. The space, that's what you start sensing the space. It's really, really nice. Cool. Yes? to me is the serenity prayer. That's one of the ones they give us. Yeah. Very short prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Encourage the things to change the things I can. and the wisdom, no difference. Maybe it takes ten seconds. Yeah? A second. But that ten seconds can create a, a new direction in your day, in that situation. Yeah? So that's a, that's a manipulated pause to me. So we learn that here. So when I would get into a point of I didn't know what to do, that's when I used to do shit. That was the insanity. I would always be brought in my insanity to a point where I didn't know what to do. And it would always give me a suggestion on what to do. And I would follow it. And that's when the shit really would hit the fan. I mean, it would, the snowball would finally go down and start just going downhill. And then I'd be, not knowing what to do and just doing something. Constantly. The pause is the sort of, when you get to that place of not knowing what to do and to stay there. <laughs> While, yeah, because when that is the true prayer posture, the prayer of not knowing what to do, it's a posture. That not knowing what to do is a prayer. You're asking, yeah, by just staying in the what's knowing what to do. Unfortunately, we've been asking from self its solution. Now we're hopefully going to be asking to a power greater than self. We've been introduced to another. It's sort of like how those some of those people they pray to the sun wherever it is. We're trying to. Uh, we've been praying to the son of self. And now we're going to pray to the son of the higher power. Yeah. So, let's say the agitation occurs, and there's that immediately physical feeling, and there's the there's the react response. Yeah. I'm going to fucking kill that guy or whatever. So if you say the serenity prayer, it can sort of abort that mission. The seconds or 30 seconds of of not acting out may give you another direction, another choice. That's what it's done with me. Yeah. So, and also, the pause can be manipulated through just praying, I mean breathing. If you're sitting here, just take a concentrated breath, like five when you're ready to kill somebody or kill yourself. Just go. Because this parasite doesn't like oxygen in the brain, it doesn't. When you breathe oxygen, when you breathe, you send oxygen to the brain. When your brain gets oxygenated, it works a lot better. The parasite doesn't like that. It likes you breathing very shortly without any attention on it and just rushing around like crazy. Yeah. It wants you to be brushing a lot so, because that's what it feeds off of. So if you stop physically, not even just, the, just starting to do it will stop the whole engine. Yeah, it can just stop. So you say, hey, listen, bro, listen, Let's say you're with a girlfriend. Hey, I've got to take five breaths. Right? We'll get right back to it. <laughs> so. uh-huh. See, then anything can happen after that. It doesn't have to go the same way. It always goes. There's been a halt or a pause. And so when a pause occurs, it breaks the momentum and you can go another way. It's hard to stop a train if it's going 40 miles per hour, And you're going to get hurt if you jump off. But if you can pull the emergency brake early and stop it, then you can get off and not get hurt, hurt, yeah. So the whole thing. So that's two of the manipulative parts. I used to use the serenity prayer, but mostly I used to use the breathing, yeah. I'd sit there because it's a prayer. I'm asking for help. I'm in the state. I don't know what to do, and I'm not doing anything. Yeah? I mean, if you don't know what to do and you're doing something, prayers are pointless. You've already, you've already made a, an allegiance to reliance on self. So, I mean, <laughs> you've already, you're already serving the one master. Like Jesus says. you can't serve two masters at the same time. If you just rush into acting out, you're, you're, you are praying to the self. I mean, that's what happens. In that pause, if it stops, yes? That is the prayer. Because really, the highest form, let's say, in Zen is I don't know, the I don't know mind. That's the highest form of mind in Zen, is I don't know. You stay in the I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Therefore, you're directed, you're navigated. You're not navigating by self, but you're open to be navigated by something greater than self. Yes. Yeah, well, this, you're always going to be doing something. I'm just saying, there's no one do, there's no doer. There's things to do. You have this is this needs maintenance. Yeah, the body and the brain, and the disease bo- and the diseases in the mental process. The true solution to it is the spiritual condition. But sometimes you need to work on the mental process because it's infected with alcoholism. So there are things that you can learn and you can do. But there's no doer of it. That's what causes it to go well. See, once there's a doer of it, then whatever you're doing gets infected with all your old ideas. And so you think you oh, it's a really good thing you're doing, but it will turn out to be bad, like meditation. Seriously, you can take what everyone calls is good, but when it's infected with your ideas, meditation can be a vehicle for shit. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. That's what the mind does. And it all gets contacted or injected by you being the doer. Yeah. That's why a thought is a thought until it's your thought. Once it's your thought, it's been injected with a lot of meaning from your memory, yeah, from all your conditioning. And it's gonna, and then it's seen, and that meaning is gonna have. It's like there's the meaning, but it can't make an impact to your except until it goes out and then it comes and hits you, yeah. So the meaning gets projected into the thought. You open up the thought by you seeing it, and then it seems like the thought's driving you crazy. But it's you. It's the you. It's the selfing going and that's how it keeps you up because you don't see it see in the course in miracles they made an incredible statement because mostly they said all perception yeah so let's say I'm perceiving that chair yeah the perce- the perception seem it seems like there's a chair a real solid chair out there that I'm seeing yes it seems like that's how we look at things we believe it's out there and I'm seeing it this, the course of miracles said everything is projection and then perception. So the mind is projecting this world, and then you are perceiving it as if it's real and solid. But your mind's dreaming the world through you. Yeah? So, and you experience a lot of times in relationships. You're projecting on the person. You're projecting on them your own thoughts about you. You feel guilty because you did something. You say, hey, why are you on my case? But it's you that really feels guilty. But your mind projects it onto them, and you go, hey, you're really getting on my case, but they're not getting on your case, really. You are on your case, yeah? So projection comes prior to perception. The way most people live here is perception occurs first, yeah? But where, in that view, they're saying projection. In other words, they're saying, mind is the total cause of everything. Mind is making up the body, making up everything and it's projecting, and then because we become identified as this, we see the illusion as if it's real, so we're thinking this is real and I'm perceiving it, and I'm perceiving that and I'm perceiving you, and you're solid and separate and over there, but they said that's a trick of perception it's truly projection by mind you want to look into some spiritual uh, presentations, it's pretty wild you are really the source you are the dreamer of the dream. The dream is happening through this apparatus. You're not the dream, it mean, The dream is being projected by this apparatus. And a world is being seen by you as if it's solid and real. They say, every this is a dream. Have you ever heard of that? Some spiritual books That the world is a dream. The world is not real. That's what they're implying. It's being projected from your mind. From the mind. And then we're running around as an object, a dreamed object, thinking... We're the one that that everything is real. See, for you to take... If you're in a dream, and there's a tiger in the dream, you're going to have a fear of that tiger. Yeah? Because it's going to be real to you. But if you wake up and you realize it was a dream tiger, do you have fear of it anymore? No. It's very difficult to wake up to the dream tiger as a dream object. Be identified as this. You are identified as a dream object. The dream is going to seem as real, as real, as real to be to you. When you wake up and I'm not that, that's when you start seeing things as a dream. And they lose their effect. You can't, everything else is therapy and trying to get an advantage as a dream object to have less effect by the dream. The greatest way to to the dream is to realize it's a dream. And how you do that is that this is a dream. What's looking through you is the subject, the universal subject. It is what you would call God consciousness, or Buddha nature, or Brahma, yes? That's it. It's going through the body, and it's seeing a world of its own dreaming, and it's playing a a role as an object in this dream. But it's quite aware that it's a dream let some of that awareness into the dream and you'll travel lighter as what? A dream object. Yeah. If not, you'll try to disassociate from the dream. This is how we make it seem less, uh, less real. We disassociate, we tell stories about it, we minimize it. All of these are the mentals' bad, bad attempts to get relief from the dream being real. Instead of the recognition I'm not the dream object, then real relief happens. Real relief, really, that lasts. Not manipulated or controlled, but lasts. Yeah. How did you do when you were a kid? When I was a kid, things happened that seemed so real, they flipped me out. Like my mother and my my grandmother and my father died the same year when I was nine years old. That overwhelmed me. My little apparatus, it was just way overboard. Because I had a real sense of love for her. especially my grandmother, and I had no concept that people died. you know, like it would end. You know, I had no idea. I was a little kid.
1: And I was just loving, loving my
0: grandmother, loving my grandmother. And then one day, there was no grandmother to be loving. And it was like, I flipped out, literally. This whole apparatus just flipped out. So what I did was, my head, to deal with this, it tried to make everything unreal. I started reading fantasy and science fiction, and I just started to try to get out of myself constantly. And then I got introduced to drugs and alcohol, and that worked somewhat. I died out of myself. And I was trying to make all these seemingly real things unreal. These feelings of loss and not knowing what's going on here and everything like that. So I try to make them unreal. This was my my solution: make everything unreal. Yeah. Then I finally come in AA, and I took a different tack. I finally, in my life, let them be as real as they wanted to be. I felt. How bad, you know, how I felt, you know, for losing this and this and that and that and this and that and everything like that. And I admit it that I'm overwhelmed all the time, that I cannot manage life. That's my solution. It is not to learn how to manage life better. My solution is rooted in that I can't deal with life. I admit that. I just cannot handle this place. It's just way overboard. (laughs) Seriously, way, way overboard. That's where my solution comes from. I, I don't try to manage. I admit I can't manage. So here I was, making these things that seemed so real, unreal in my head. Reading, doing drugs, you know, acting out, just minimizing. And then I came in AA and I let them be as real as real can be, and what did they finally show me? They're unreal. I was making them real by trying to make them unreal. When I let them be as real as they wanted to be, they showed their real nature. They're unreal. I was freed from these things that were haunting me. The loss of my grandmother and my father. I was fucking finally freed from them. All the while trying to free myself, I was bonded to it. As soon as I gave up trying to free myself from it, I was freed from it. The way the mind works on how it thinks it's going to make things pan out well, does the exact opposite. How much you notice? Any life on will self-will is not successful. Every fucking thing. My major ways I behaved were all wrong when I came in AA. Everything, every one of my major strategies did not work. Avoiding at all costs. I mean, if I hurt my arm, I would just look this way all day. Just let it bleed, fill the tear, patch it up, and fuck it, let's just forget about it. And then my life, forget that too, you know? Just, just keep avoiding and avoiding and adapting to what, the unbearability of what's left and just keep on keeping on. Not a good strategy, really, you know, really not. I would be caught in an alley by the police and my solution was to run. Insane. If I run down an alley, I can't get out, what's gonna happen to my ass? I'm gonna get my ass kicked by the police. This would be my solution. This thing is insane, truly. I can't believe I even survived as an apparatus with this navigating through life. It was just all purely by grace. Because really, I should have been dead numbers of times. I have no way. I cannot decipher and navigate through this place. I am totally not managerial quality. No, no, none whatsoever. I don't want to learn how to manage. I want to stay in the admittance. I can't manage. Why? Because that calls upon God to do what I cannot do for myself. The whole solution of AA. You will come to realize that God can do for you what you cannot do for yourself. How do you call upon that to occur? You admit you can't deal with something. Yes? I admit it, then something happens that now I can deal with it. Because it's not me dealing with it. What do you think I come here because I had a good idea? It's not my idea. I could care less about philosophy. If it doesn't actualize into traveling lighter, I could care less about it. I don't want to be a Hindu for Hindu's sake or Buddhist for Buddhist's sake, yeah. I don't want to be identified with some path. I want the fruits, freedom. That's what I was trying to get every time I shot. I wanted free. I wanted freedom from bondage to self. I didn't know that I was polishing the chains when I was doing that behavior. But that's what my intent seemed to be. I wanted freedom from this fucking thing. Now I found the freedom from it by recognizing it's not me. That is not a noun, it's a verb. A verb can stop. Yes. I'm so enthusiastic about it. It's been like I don't know how many years now. I constantly have tons of enthusiasm around enthusiasm because it fucking works. <laughs> it's not rocket science I haven't had a thought about alcohol and drugs in years I could care less and have no attraction to it once one did and I was a total full on junkie how did that happen my mind shifted it shifted out of selfing and it shifted into some other modality or gear and in that other modality or gear something else is driving the car that's all I'm going to pass the basket today, Jay, so I can get lunch. And, you know, maybe. Yes? I was out
1: yesterday. I know. Missed missed you. We
0: missed your presence. And I missed the uh, balloon theory. Oh, yeah. You want the balloon theory? Can you give me a little synopsis? Yes. I'll give you another synopsis of the balloon theory. Everyone want to hear the balloon? Did you hear the balloon yesterday? miss yes, you've got to sit down and hear the balloon. You'll like this. This is a good thing. So in AA, when you when I used to describe like resentments, I mean the fear inventory and resentment inventory and stuff, I wanted to present something where the person's head could entertain that resentments and fears aren't coming from outside of you. Yeah? They're not coming from outside of you. There is nothing called a resentment or a fear that's coming looking for you. Yeah? That it's actually produced by your head. So here you go. In this little Example, the balloon is gonna represent self. A balloon. Yeah? And there's me, self. And obsession with self is gonna be represented by air. Yeah? The act of being obsessed with self. Hmm? This is a balloon analogy. So here's a balloon. Alright. Well I'll go over it again a second. The balloon is gonna represent self in this little story. Yes? And excessive concern with And here's self and and obsession with self. So there's the self, you, and then the obsession with self. The balloon is going to be representing the self, and its obsession with self is air. Yes? The act of air. The act of being filled up or let out. Yeah? That act. So here's the balloon. Now it doesn't have much uh, air in it, so the skin of it is thin. Oh, and also it has an agenda. And the agenda, how, it's, how it can tell it's doing good or not, is the thinness or thickness of its skin. If its skin is too thin, it could be popped. That would be doing not good as a balloon. Yeah? If it's thick, it's doing good. It's being ballooned. Yeah? Us, we have a big agenda and we have an idea of what it would mean to be doing good or not. Yes? Money and this and that and that and this. So there we are. So there's the self as a balloon, the obsession with self represented by air. Yes, and the agenda, which is not to be popped, and us, you know, having money or doing this or doing that. Yes. So, this is the situation of life: one life of the balloon, one life of a self. And self is running the show to tell you how you're doing. Yeah. So here we go. The balloon is fine. Then it gets obsessed with itself, which is fair, right? So now the balloon starts getting filled up. As the balloon gets filled up, what happens to it? Skin gets thinner, yeah? so it hits a certain point where it's getting pretty big and the skin's getting pretty thin. What occurs? Self-centeredness arises and goes. Jesus, if I get too, th- if the skin gets any thinner, I'm going to get popped. Yeah. So now the balloon, which was fine a little while ago, is living in anxiety about what that it could be popped. Yeah, based on its perception of its condition. Hey, my skin's thin, which means I can be popped. Yeah. It doesn't realize its activity of being involved with itself is what's causing the skin to be thin. Its obsessing with itself is blowing the balloon up. It doesn't get that, but it gets that the skin could get really thin, and if it gets thin, I could be popped. Okay? So now it's an anxiety. It's an underlying sense of anxiety, which most of us are in. So here we are in the anxiety. So now. It's it's getting even thinner. It's more concerned about itself, so it's trying to control the situation, not knowing that it's actually pumping more air into it. So now it's getting really thin. So now the self-centeredness is extremely agitated. Yeah, It's very anxious. And now it looks around its environment at what could pop it. Yeah? Now it doesn't matter if the thing could pop it or not. It just has to believe it could. So I look at that light and I go, wow, if I touch that light, I'm going to blow up. So i got to stay away from that light. That light's a threat to me. Then it looks at, let's say, someone smoking a lit cigarette. It says, if I hit that lit cigarette, boom, there I go. So it doesn't want to go there. Then it sees like a sharp angle on a chair. And it goes, if I touch that chair, pow. So now it starts resenting the chair and the light and the cigarette, lit cigarette. So now what does it do? It thinks more about the situation because it's relying on itself. Now the balloon is getting rather, rather, rather big, and it's very, very, very thin. And now the anxiety is extreme, and it's worried about anything that it could touch, yeah? If I touch the wall, I could be popped, yeah? If I hit that thing, I could be popped. Maybe even the space can pop me, yeah? So now it's having a lot of resentments, it's in what we call a lot of fear. And now, instead of just seeing the lit cigarette, it's it's resenting Winston Salem, who made the cigarette, and all carpenters who made that thing. General Electric for the electricity in that light bulb and everything. And now it's getting incredibly insane. This is what it's like to have untreated alcoholism. Our identification as self, by the obsession, is getting enlarged more and more and more. And we're ready to blow. And we're in a lot of anxiety about how we're going to do and how we're not going to do and we're resenting the hell out of a lot of things because we perceive them to be threats for us getting what we want or maybe causing us to lose what we have, yes? Now what I'm saying here, if you took out some of that air in the balloon and the balloon went like this, starts shrinking in size, while it shrank in size the skin would get thicker, yeah? When the the skin got thicker, the balloon, if it was conscious which it is, could recognize that and then it's anxiety about being popped would diminish, yeah? because it's skin is thick. And if it's anxiety about being popped diminishes, then it's perception of threat would also diminish. So it wouldn't see so many resentments because it wouldn't see those things as threats, because why, it's skin is pretty good, thick. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. So. Most people believe resentments and fears are being brought to them by something outside, but they're actually giving it all the meaning it has, based on the level of obsession with self they're in. As you know, when you get really obsessed with self, everything goes seemingly goes crazy. It's sort of, maybe there was 4 or 5 resentments in the week, and now you have 50 of them. Just like if you want to go to a, let's say you want to get somewhere at a certain time, Maybe you're just driving down the street, everything seems cool. But then when you want to get somewhere, when you have an intention, then you start seeing obstacles, don't you? Hey, that lady's driving too slow. Why are those kids walking across the street so-so? So everything, just what was ever happens, now is perceived to be an obstacle to you getting somewhere. Well, most of us are living like we're getting somewhere every fucking day. And we're looking and we're seeing almost a lot of things as obstacles. But we're giving them the meaning they have. They're not... I'm not saying they're obstacles or not obstacles, but we're giving them the meaning of being an obstacle at that moment.
1: Yeah. Hmm?
0: Totally resents. Anger is like a, is like a giant meal for the parasite. It loves anger. Parasite has an it has a it likes to eat energy, different energies than you think. Yeah, it's not wild about happy, joy, and freedom. It likes being right and drama. And blaming others. Yes? It likes them. It does. Watch it. You see it, man. So, most people really believe something's brought them the resentment. This is living on a consequential level, really. This is living like in the hallway of shitting fans. You're just going to be running the gauntlet every day. And those motherfuckers are still going. It's really a very weak position to be living by because you have to pray for others to change a lot. yeah, because it seems like they're doing it to you, yeah, if they would only change, everything would be great for me, it's a lie, yeah, so this idea, so we're saying, okay, so really, the resentments and fears that I seem to have every day are con- really based on the condition, my spiritual condition, if I'm, like, say, that picture of the balloon, if my skin, if I'm really obsessed with myself, which means I'm really full of myself, then my skin's going to be thin, I'm going to be much more apt to be anxious and have resentments, If that gets a little more smaller and gets thicker, I'm more apt to be traveling lighter. It's all based on the level of identification and obsession. Yeah? That's the beauty. In other words, in a sense, it's in your own hands how you're going to travel. Yes. Well, with myself, I always notice it after. Yes, yeah. i self. Yeah. That will change. It's just change. the beginning. Yeah, because if you can see it in them, you'll be able to see it in you. It's just that you have more invested in you not to see it. That's all. So you don't have it invested in not seeing it in them, so you see it. Clear. But when you start entertaining it's not you and you keep doing it, you'll lose that interest in protecting it from you. You'll see it. Why Well, because it's it's right now it's in time and and it's in slow time. Your response is not quick enough yet. It's the apparatus because you're invested in not seeing that and you're not invested in not seeing it in others. So you're seeing it in others. You're having that sense of seeing the selfing and that will be applied to you, just like it's being applied to their self. As soon as the you, the self of the you that you seem to be, will be seen as a they. When you see Mitch as truly Al, you'll see it like you see others. It's like when, when you're drinking, you're full of
1: drunk and you are, right?
0: Yes, yes. Same. Same projection. It's a projection. So, very easily, we've been seeing selfie for a long time in others. Because people would come over in your house and you know when you're getting dumped on, you yeah. mm-hmm. They, I gap and it's like, fuck it, it's so uncomfortable. And you just say, fuck, you'll do anything to get out of there. But you've been, you've been dumped on for years and years and years taking it to be so, you know. It's only because it's about you in this case, and it's about them in that case. When it's about them, you can see it very clearly. When it's about you, not, because that's the act of identification. Selfing is not difficult to see. It's the act of identification that causes it to be difficult to see. When you believe it's about you, it causes you to be blind to seeing it as a verb. When you see it it's someone else, you see it as a verb. And you go, I don't like that. You may claim it blame them because you want to apply them to be a, imply them to be an so you'll be an ounce. But if you see the verb of selfie, you go, that's why I call it selfie. It's a verb, yeah? It's it's truly a verb. It's just going on and on. So that's great though, Mitch. Because maybe six months before you weren't seeing it. See, some people think, you know, in this place of time, you know, some people say, Yeah, I haven't I, it's not happening. I how many times have you seen me? Slam, you've only seen the last six months. Give me a break. You've been under the tutelage of selfie for 50, 40 years. We're trying to break you. This is like a tiny little summer school compared to that college you've been in every freaking day. Which, you know, <laughs> we're trying to have repetition, presenting it so you can do it in all the talks. That's why it's about. But, I mean, the repetition of selfie is unbelievable. I mean, everyone's in agreement walking around in a trance. You know, the whole place is a demonstration of selfing, and honoring it, and valuing it, and making it seem so important, selfing. I mean, come on, it's difficult not to catch the bug here. So, this is just, a, uh, we're just applying an antidote, and you've just been putting the salve on for a while. Just You've got tons of ointments, providing you tons of ointments, just keep applying the salve. Yes, yeah, it's been working for you and stuff like that. And you and you and you. Yeah, for him and Tony already just for a couple of days. You these gals here. Yeah. Just apply the sound. There's no one applying it. Just take in the message and see what happens. I found that that's how it worked for me. I just entertained it. I just went around. I listened to people that were presenting it. Then I realized, why do I need to listen to them anymore? It's being presented as me. So I'm just going to go... And then, so then life just started presenting it as me and as others all day. I've just been following what, what's the presentation and entertaining it. Why not? It's the only thing that's actually happening. I shift, I'm like, I don't want to go into this porno theater, it's so boring as hell. What's not happening? So I'm into what, in the theater, what's happening? And what's happening is consciousness. Well, easily, see, I like when the 10th step reveals some expressions of self Yeah, So it's nice to see them, and when you see them and write about them, you are holding it as the, it's not you. Yeah. I want to see, I, I like to get a good description of the parasite that has a tendency to take me over. I like, yeah, let me, you know. So sometimes when it appears, like the last few years, the times it appeared it, for me was anger like, really, like, uh, root anger, you know, I just came out of nowhere, and I, it was like a moving ball in my gut, and I, someone was talking to me, and I got really angry on the phone, I was just like, jeez, I want to rip this person's head off, you know, whatever, so I said, well, that's interesting, so I wrote, I did a 10-step, I wrote, it and I said, why am I, why would this anger come up, and then I saw the self thing involved in it, yeah, yeah, it was beautiful. And I and I had a lady who was twenty-two years I lived with. And I shared it with her. And did the whole thing. and not make the amends. There was a, yeah. There was amends. I made an amend to
1: that. It was done in like
0: the cleanup was done in like half an hour. But I, the information was really nice because I saw uh, the aspect of selfie again. You like to see the beast because it it will tell you you're not that. Yeah. So that's well, that's how I if I do I don't do ten sets often. Anymore, but when I do them, that's what happens. I, and I immediately do them and share them. I don't just do them; I share them with somebody. That you have to do that. Aye, yeah, there's a very important point with the sharing of stuff with another human being, because the other stuff can become self-knowledge. But if you share it with another person, that can break that habit of making it self-knowledge. Oh, I now I know about myself. No, let someone else know about the self. Yeah, it has a very good quality. To let someone else in on it. It really does. So when you write a 10-step, it, it says in our book, we're meant to share with someone. You know, not just write them, but share them. Yeah. The sharing with another breaks uh, the bondage to the self very well because the self wants to be uh, personal and isolated. It doesn't want to bring other people in unless it has a strategy like to blame them or, you know, dump on them. It doesn't really want to, it doesn't want it. it's, it's uh, machinations revealed to another. It really doesn't. It. it likes to keep it under wraps. So, doing a 10 step for me. I, I believe all the steps are really different and I found much more uh, fulfilling when I held it this way that I'm not a self. Because then I could do a fearless and thorough inventory. Because it's just not about me. Like, I could do an inventory on you very easily. You know, I see someone, I do an inventory on them in like one minute. Why am I so confused about doing one on me? Because of that identification. When I see it's not me, I can be very fearless and thorough. right, because, you know. Paul getting angry, let's say if I'm a quote-unquote spiritual teacher, let's say. Let's just say that. Which I'm not, I'm an inviter. But let's say if I have an old idea of what a spiritual teacher should be or shouldn't be, and then anger came up, yeah? That would go against my concept of what a spiritual teacher should look like. So maybe I wouldn't look at that anger and get real Any information from it. Myself would claim it and go, oh, i got to hide that. No, 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 you can't be angry because that means I don't think any teacher who's a real teacher gets angry. It's all baloney. Instead, I saw it as far to me so I could just go, hey, anger, right, right, let's see where, let's see, all right, bring out the anger, let's see what comes out of the hole with it. Yeah, just right out. More gets revealed. You, and the more you see the self revealed, you'll get a sense it's not you.
1: Exactly, but at
0: least it's starting to, and watch what will happen? You'll have some samples where it will happen before, and so you'll get your wish. It just may not happen when you want it, but don't worry, the process has been started, yes? This recovery is progressive also, remember. Recovery is progressive, just like, you know, the disease of alcohol is progressive, recovery is progressive. If you entertain something that's true, there'll be more, seemingly more to entertain. Why? Because it's true so you're on to something at least from my own experience with it I feel great confidence in the validity of this invitation great confidence I am, I have great faith in what's being offered yeah? now just at least see, before you say I wish I could have it before it happens say hey maybe be grateful for that I even have it half of it, because that's a beginning I didn't even have it before. I just went to the next episode of selfing. <laughs> I never even saw. And you know, a lot of times when you have an episode of selfing, yeah, let's say, and the remorse and guilt you feel you have, that's part of the episode of selfing. There is, that is not you having remorse and guilt about an episode of selfing. That's an episode of selfing. You know what I mean? People sometimes think, oh, something happens to them, and then that's, the, that's, that's the, uh, that's the selfing, and now they're having remorse and guilt, and that's really authentic. No, that's selfing. You don't sometimes know the the, the, the comprehension of a process. Keep, we constantly keep putting ourselves over, oh, the process is over, and I have the process. No, that idea of thinking the process over, and you have it, is part of the process. Drinking and then having guilt and remorse are the same thing. They're not two different things. They're the same event. When you drink and do this, then there's remorse and guilt. There's not a you that arises and goes, oh, I have remorse and guilt. That's part of the selfing. That's why you don't see the string as a string. You think there's knots that are having bits of string, and then knots and are having bits of string. It's not the case. All is a process. Yes.
1: no regret because I didn't
0: do it. I didn't do it, but it had an effect here. Yeah? What happened had an effect, I make the amends for that, but I don't have any regret because I didn't do it. For me to regret, or get into a regret, maybe regret comes up, but there's no me that has regret. If a me came up that had regret, that would be selfish. I am much quicker making amends now than I ever was because I, I have no problem with it. Things this place is sloppy here. <laughs> no one comes out of here clean. Nobody has an action figure. Nobody. Yeah. So sometimes something I do, I wasn't, you know, I stepped on people's toes, hurt them seemingly. So when that that comes up and they tell me about it, hey. My, uh, to me, an amend is an intention not to do that again. Yeah? That's, all. That's all. So I entertain that intention. I don't know why it is. It's much quicker to live this way. Someone points out something to me, and if it hits that there's truth in it, there's an entertaining of it. And then I go, oh, thank you for that. Like, this whole event today, with the, the schedule, it hit me, I'm not going to do this again. I don't need six hours to present what I present. And I'm not going to present probably ever a twelve-step thing. Because I'd rather other people than do a much better job with it. I'm much this is what I have to offer is a way of traveling while doing or not doing the 12 steps. That's what I have to offer. That's what's got me. Yeah? That's my seat assignment. So I move to another seat thinking something, because I have a great fondness for AA and everything, but I'm not really it's not appropriate for me. I'm not really gonna be good at it. Because I don't want to go into nuts and bolts all the time. Because the nuts and bolts are important on a level, and then there's a real, to me, what's truly important is the quality of a string in the knots. Yes. The quality of the verb in the noun. If I can see a noun as a verb, I have freedom from that. The whole realm of being a noun. You know, I'm a bad person is a noun. I'm a loser is a noun. I'm. A bad parent is a noun. I'm worthless is a noun. You know, I hurt people is a noun. There's hurting people. That's a verb. I can clean that up very easily. Yeah, okay. I'm making an intention, not hurt people. All okay. right. there you go. But I'm a person who hurts people. No, that saves. That becomes a not that has a very difficult time because you got to go Where's you know when you have a knot and it's really, really a thing you get one string and it's, you got to find where, you know, it's like it's very difficult to find how to loosen it, yeah? <laughs> but if it's just a string and then you recognize when it seems to let up oh, I'm not that it's much easier to deal with mistakes because they're in a big string of living there's not, I am the mistake no, 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 no No, 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 no. You're not that important. Mistakes happen. Deeds are done. Events occur. But there's no individual doer thereof. Do you have any way of, like, knowing you're not going to repeat it? Like, is there some... No, I don't. It's just intention. But I never did it. Yeah, No. I But in my experience traveling, it's worked that way.
1: It's amazing. When people have brought up something
0: to me, and... and my, the attention goes on it and there's some truth to it, it gets incorporated. You say, oh, okay. It's like in my household. Sometimes, you know, I find out what those people like and don't like and then I fit myself around those circumstances as a member of the house, Yeah. I have my own little way so that there's no disturbance. Everything goes smoother. Does it, do I need to do it or not do it? No, it's just what works. It accommodates them if I go this way and what's the big deal? Who cares, Oh, I want to be right where the salt shaker is. No, have it wherever you want. This isn't that in me. <laughs> you know what I mean? You want it to park your space? Fine, it's okay. I don't care. Hey, can you put out the garbage? Sure. What's the big deal? Yeah, yeah. It's sort of nice and smooth. So you learn. People say, "Hey, Paul," you know, uh, whatever. You no. Know you're doing that. Then it, it gets presented, I sit with it, and then I don't find any value in it, I don't take it to heart.
1: It's not me, it's just something checks things out. Yeah, it's sort of cool.